building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. Today's topic is hiring, but from a little different perspective than what I've covered on this podcast before. I want to get into the nitty gritty details of what A players look for at a company and how your startup or small business can go about hiring those top performing employees. With me to discuss this topic today is Austin Belsack, who is the founder of Cultivated Culture and helps people land their dream jobs. Austin is huge on LinkedIn. And when I say huge, I mean like over a million followers, which is really sick. And he teaches people that you don't have to go to Harvard or even have traditional working experience to get the job that you want, which is pretty dang cool. Today, I want to kind of reverse engineer his process and teach companies how to recruit the kind of employees that Austin is teaching how to get their dream jobs. Hey, Austin, what's up? Hey, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me and for the super generous intro. No pressure here. So Ah, try to live up to it. Oh, you do. You won't have a problem. Okay. First and foremost, you talk a lot about helping people land their dream jobs. And I'm curious, what makes a job a dream job and how does a company become a dream employer? So this is a great question. And I think the answer is is a little bit more simple than a lot of people expect. So okay. when we think about a dream job on a candidate side, it's a lot of it has to do a lot with their values and what they how they see those values kind of being portrayed or lived through the company that they're applying for. So when we flip the script and we think about that from an employer standpoint, I think we really need to understand two things. We need to understand what our employees truly care about and we need to be honest with ourselves that it's not necessarily you know, a, a, you know, a coffee maker or in the break room or ping pong tables or anything like that. And really what it is, is balance and support both in our personal lives and in our professional lives. And then I think as employers, we need to understand what we can offer because as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, it may not be feasible to offer, let's say, you know, a year of parental leave. It may be an unlimited PTO plan and then the support to have your employees actually use that plan. So something that we do at Cultivated Culture is we have unlimited PTO, but then I individually speak to all of the employees that we have and I make sure that they're actually taking more than two weeks every single year. And the reason we're able to do that is because we're focused on outcomes and not hours. So when I speak to my employees, each one of them has a specific expectation for their goals every single year. And that allows them to say, I'm on track for this and therefore I can take this vacation. And that allows them to spend more time with their family. Um, It allows them to spend more time recharging, just being themselves. And it enables them to show up and do their best work every single day. So that's what's really important is having these conversations with your employees, being real with them and saying, hey, I know that culture probably doesn't look like this and it might look like something else. So can you describe to me what that might look like to you? And then we have to go do the hard work of figuring out how to make that happen within the confines of our own businesses and with the vision that we have for our companies. 
Yeah, it's so interesting you talk about PTO. We had unlimited PTO for years. And then we found that some people were taking like a ton of PTO and then some people were taking none. And then and then there was this like you know, trend online where everyone was talking about how unlimited PTO is a trap because, <laughs> you know, they're just trying to get you to not use any of it. So then we changed the policy where we give a set amount and it's a generous amount. And then we um, have half days on Friday. So you only have to take four hours of PTO. We have a floating holiday. We have like two extra holidays. We're closed between Christmas and New Year's. And so we're like, you know, we're like trying to give people that built in time off. I, it's so fascinating to me that people are going back to unlimited PTO and like trying to trying to make it work. It makes me question what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I, I like I know how in tune you are with your employees, Jackie. And so I think that what you've landed on is is a great setup for your company. And that's the best part about you know what we're all doing, right? We all have our own setups, and what works for me might not work for you. I know your team's much larger than than mine is. And so maybe that's the differentiator. But the most important thing that any of us can do is talk to our employees and collect the data, right? And then understand, yes. okay, what do what do our employees say they want? And then what does the data tell us that they want? And how can we then create a plan around those two things? Yeah, very smart way to go about it and very logical. Another thing I wanted to talk about is how companies hire within a box. And you see this all the time. People have, or all companies pretty much have like, you must have a degree and you must have for some positions an MBA, whereas I'm not really completely convinced that a degree is even necessary anymore, or you must have XYZ experience. And we have tried to move away from this with, I guess, some level of success. Like my head of people was an internal candidate and she had zero HR experience, but she really loves working with people and she's passionate and I think she's killing it so far. And I've hired people with like certain traits and characteristics that didn't necessarily have experience and that has worked out in some cases. What is your advice to companies that are that are scared to hire creatively, if you will? <laughs> So I think there's three things here. The first is one you already mentioned, which is that if you can promote from within, like absolutely, if you can expand people's scope or if you can give them a new role, that's one of the best ways to go because you already know that person. You know what they bring to the table, you know their qualities. So that's always a great look. And then they feel valued and recognized. But sometimes, you know, we have to hire from the outside. And even if we move somebody, we may have to backfill their role. So in this case, I like to think of a couple of things. So first, I'm always looking for the traits that make up a great employee, whether it's somebody on my team or within myself. So what are the things that I saw or I, I wish that companies would have seen in me when I was a professional working in the corporate world. And I try to think about how those traits might be exemplified or illustrated on a resume in an interview. And that's really what I focus on. So for me, one of the big things that I always look for in our candidates was somebody who had a side hustle, somebody who had a passion project outside their nine to five. And I know a lot of employers will say, well, doesn't that mean, you know, they may not give hundred percent to my company. And frankly, I wouldn't expect anybody on my team except for myself to give hundred percent maybe that's that's not the right way to put it exactly but this is my baby it's not their baby i expect right. them to show up and do their job that i'm paying them to do i don't expect them to have the same level of commitment that we do to our own companies as founders right, right. so i try to look for these traits and people who are naturally invested in the things that they're excited about and they're taking action on them outside of their 9 to 5 
those people tend to have an action bias. Those ten, those people tend to have multiple traits that I'm looking for. So that's just one example of a tangible way to identify these traits. The third thing I would do is just assess people. So something that I always wished as a job seeker was that a, I wanted a company to just allow me to show what I could do. Mm-hmm. And so for the most recent hire we made, we brought on a full-time career coach. I had all of our, our candidates who made it through the first round perform an assessment. And now I know assessments can be controversial, but there are two things that I did. The first was I limited everybody to three hours. And the second thing I did was I actually paid people for the assessment. So I took Mm. the hourly rate that they would make if they got hired and I maxed it out at three hours for the assessment and I paid them that. And for me, the way I look at this is how many times do we pay to test things out in our businesses? You know, we pay for a trial for a tool, or maybe we pay, you know, an agency or we pay a vendor or whoever for a shorter term contract to test them out. Very rarely do we have people doing free work for us. And I think the same is true in the hiring process. And the great part about this is that candidates actually do the work. And so you can see the product that you would get if you hired these people. And this made our decision so easy. When we were hiring for these career coach roles, we got to see exactly how people would handle real scenarios that we've dealt with. And we got to see the exact emails they'd write and the exact way that they would deal with these different problems. And everybody who went through the process, I I asked them and they basically, they said that they appreciated the assessment, but they appreciated it because we compensated them for their time. So there's a lot of companies out there where they'll have you do a 45 minute presentation and they're not paying you anything. And sort of like, well, this is so you have a chance to get the job. And I don't think that's fair at all. I think we need to show up and compensate these people for the work that they're doing. And that's going to enable us to make a much, much better decision, which is going to easily make up for whatever amount of money you pay these people. Like we're talking like 10,000, if not more X, right? So Mm -hmm. those are a couple of things that we've implemented with a lot of success and that I've seen other founders do as well. Yeah. I mean, the job market is so crazy right now that people aren't going to jump through hoops for a job, right? Because they're like, all right, if I have 10 prospective jobs out there and three of them want me to take an assessment well these seven look good you know and so i think paying them brings a different edge we actually do something similar when we're hiring writers and i've never thought about applying it outside of that but when we hire writers they do a writing test and we pay them for their time you know they like just have a it's like a freelance invoice and whatever the rate is we'll pay you for it so i love applying that more broadly i think that's very smart Okay. So most of the time, the high performers that a lot of companies want to hire are not actively out there looking for jobs, or at least they're not applying on job boards, right? Like a lot of the highest performers are getting poached away from from different companies. You talk about the importance of getting referrals into a company for job seekers instead of spending all of the time that they might applying online. How can you reverse engineer this? And how would you tell employers to go about getting more referrals into their companies? So the first thing that you need to do here is, is exactly what we talked about in, in the first question that you asked, which is you, you need to have some sort of competitive edge with your company. If you want top talent to come there, you need to have a differentiator because if you're just offering the same thing that they're already getting or that other companies are offering, then you know why would they pick yours over their current position, right? Leaving a job that you know they're not necessarily interested in leaving on their own 
that's really, really tough if you're not bringing anything new to the table. So again, it's really important to understand where can I create a competitive edge, whether that's, you know, for some people that's four day work weeks, for other people that's unlimited PTO, for other folks, it looks different, but look at your business talk to the people on your team and talk to other employers uh, or other employees elsewhere and learn what that is. That's essentially your, your marketing piece, right? That's your sales angle. Mm -hmm. And then what you need to do is go evangelize that. So you post about this a lot, Jackie, and I absolutely love it. How leaders need to have a presence online. And I keep saying this, I commented on every time you post this, I comment the same thing and I still haven't looked up the stat, but I did see a stat where Companies whose executives and whose leaders have an active online presence outperform companies whose leaders do not. And I think that makes so much sense because when we can actually see the person who is driving the company and the direction that it's going in and everything about it, when we can see the words coming from them and when we can understand you know, more about who they are as a person through the stories they tell and through the messages that they share, we feel more connected to them. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're essentially promoting that unique angle, right? So right. I see a ton of leaders on LinkedIn who are showing up and they're talking about how this thing that they do is different from all these other companies, but look at our retention numbers, look at our satisfaction numbers, look at the revenue that we've created, despite the fact that we've implemented this policy. And so take a look at those people, go find some leaders on LinkedIn that you think are putting out great content and say, how can I do this for exactly what we're offering? And how can I do this for, you know, our, our open roles? And therefore, when you do open a job, you can put that out there and you already have a whole base of people who would probably be excited for you. Maybe they don't even know that you're hiring because that's the other thing about referrals. So many job seekers say to me, well, Austin, how do I know if my dream company is hiring? And if there isn't a role post on your website, it can be tough to know. But if you show up and you put that out there, all these people who might have been saying, man, if Jackie opens a role, I'm going to be the first applicant. I'm going to be in the door. I'm going to be you know, the, the best person that she could ever think about hiring. They're not going to know to do that unless we share that, right? Unless you put that out there. So building that audience of, of people first and then opening up those roles and promoting it to that audience, that's one of the easiest ways to make sure that top talent knows about the things that you are offering them that are different. And also that, you know, you have an opportunity for them to join the team and take advantage of those things. So I think that's probably the best way to do it at scale. Obviously, you know, we only have so much time as founders and creating that brand online is, isn't just going to help you with hiring. It's going to help you with your entire business as you've seen, as I've seen. So this is truly one of those things that you invest in this one channel. And there's so many, so many different ways that you're going to benefit in terms of ROI. Yeah, it definitely makes hiring for us a lot easier having the LinkedIn presence and we're a relatively small company. And so the fact that, you know, of our 20 employees, we can recruit more easily or I've had people say like, oh, I was waiting for this kind of job to open. And it's like, that's really cool because without having that online presence, there's no chance, no chance that that would be happening. And when you hire for roles, do you do you post like a formal job online? I put, we do post it on our website and then I'll usually put up a post or two on LinkedIn, like a call for who do you know, you know, tag people in the comments or whatever it may be. And that we, we just hired a BDR and BDRs are so, so hard to hire for. And she came from LinkedIn. She had a really great presence. She was clearly already doing all of the prospecting and whatnot, like from her profile, all the things that I preach about, she was out there doing and she knew who I was from LinkedIn. So it was very serendipitous. 
I love that. And that's exactly what we did. I didn't, I didn't have a formal job posting anywhere. We had a link on our site or a page on our site. And then I created one or two posts about it. And we had, I think it was 250, 300 applicants. And they were all people who had seen my content and knew my message. And it was so much easier to sift through those versus I know a couple of friends who they're hiring for new roles and they'll post the job formally on LinkedIn or indeed. And then there's just this flood of everybody just pressing easy apply. And that's overwhelming and just and anxiety inducing to, to sift through that as a founder and or to use your, your you know, VA's time or whoever you're using on that. Whereas if you have people who are excited about your company, who know your brand and who show up with that energy, hiring becomes so much more fun and you're going to find an amazing person. So 100%, two examples for everybody listening right there of just how brand building is going to you know put your energy out there and, and your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Absolutely. One of the many benefits. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I really wish we had more time, but trying to keep these episodes short, which is the promise of this podcast. So I will not keep you further, but I really appreciate all of your time and the knowledge that you dropped today. If you got value out of this episode, share it with just one person, one person that you know that's trying to hire their first employee or grow a team. And I will see you next time. Thank you. 